Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. That you will catch um, a deposit of heaven tonight that will continue to bring us into completion. Because how many are like me? We're not there yet. We're growing from glory to glory. And, and here's, here's what I believe God wants me to tell you is that in order that you may see greater things of what he is going to do in your life, you need to be set free. We need to be set free. I need to be set free. So tonight, I want you to imagine. That's the title of what I'm going to speak about tonight. Imagine. We all have dreams, yeah, yeah, we do, we all have dreams, dreams for a better place, dreams for a better way, and dreams for a brighter future. It's amazing the kind of advertisements we see on TV. Let me remind me of one of those. It's the lotto ad. The latest one is of the two drivers who transport money around the city and there's this one thing have you guys seen it yeah you know that one and it's about them dreaming about a future that will satisfy them what are you dreaming about tonight what are you dreaming about what God could do in and through you I have a dream. My dream is that we would win this city, this city for Jesus. My dream would that, not that necessarily that they would fill this auditorium just for us, but that every house of worship is full of the city. Because we cannot contain the city, but we can win the city. So I want you to imagine, what are you dreaming about? What are you hoping for? Because you could chase your dream or you could just leave it alone. Because sometimes, depends on how crazy your dream is, you might kind of think, oh, nah, man, that's too much work. It's going to cost me money. It's going to cost me sleepless nights. I don't have the right people around me in order that I may achieve that. And so sometimes, dare I say, a lot of us, walk through our lives with unfulfilled dreams. We walk through our lives with unrealized purpose and potential. And sometimes we give ourselves unrealistic timings. Timing is everything. And so tonight I just quickly want to address the area of blindness. Because if you can't see something, that means you're blinded. Yeah? If you can't see something. Um, so just, just recently, um, I took my wife on a mystery date night. She had no idea where we were going. But this is kind of like a revenge because 
many years ago. Uh, she blindfolded me, hopped in the car, and took me for a long drive. Now, we were going to New Plymouth from Tauranga. We got to about halfway to, from Tauranga to Rotorua, and I managed to take the blindfold off. So all this time I've been thinking, all right, it's my turn. So the other day, we planned, I planned this, plotted this amazing uh, night where it was only one night. I landed at the airport, and, um, and the glove box of my car was, you know, one of those airline um, sleeping masks? Well, that's what I used. And Shelly hates it. She hates surprises. She hates it. She's like, no, you can't do that. So I was like, well, at least hold it over your eyes. So she held it over her eyes. We were coming out of the airport. There's um, a big roundabout there, right? And she said, where are you taking me? And I, and I just said, we're hopping on another plane to go. And she took the blindfolds off like this. I was like, see, that's why you need to be blindfolded properly because the elastic bits went on. And what was crazy about that was we, we literally went just a couple of kilometers from the airport to this destination. We got into the car park and she's like, okay, you can take the blindfold off. And all, she, all that was in front of us was this great big hedges. And she was so disoriented. She had no idea where we went. What I did to disorientate her was I took a couple of loops around Bishopdale because I wanted to think we're actually going a long time away. In her heart, she was thinking, oh, no, we're going to Hamna, la, 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 an hour and a half. But literally, we just went through traffic in Bishopdale. <laughs> Pow! And we got to this place. And to, to, just to see her reaction when she realized, actually, we're just a stone's throw away from our actual house. That was the beauty of that. Now, I wonder whether for some of us are a bit like that. Is that your dream is so close to where you believe God is calling you to. But we get disoriented because we're blinded. Because we cannot see. We, we don't have the trust in order to accept that God has got you on the way. And sometimes we try and play peekaboo and take the, the blinkers off because we, we, we don't trust where we're going. And I wonder if you're sitting in this room right now and this is a word for you. I'm believing it to be. Got your Bibles? Turn with me to John. Chapter 9. I just wanted a couple of, couple of scriptures um, to help us with this. And it's actually, I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase tonight. So just follow it through. Walking down the street, Jesus saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, causing him to be born blind? Jesus said, you're asking the wrong question. You're looking for someone to blame. There is so much cause, of, cause effect here. Look instead of for what God can do. We need to be energetically at work for the one who sent me here. 
working while the sun shines. When night falls, the workday is over. For as long as I'm in the world, Jesus says, there is plenty of light. I am the world's light. He said this, then split, then spit into the dust, made a, a, a clay paste with, with saliva, amazing, rubbed the paste on the blind, blind man's eyes and said, go and wash at the pool of Shalom, which means scent. The man went and washed and saw. Soon the town was buzzing. His relatives and those who year after year had seen him as a blind man begging were saying, why isn't this man, why isn't this the man we knew who sat here and begged? Others said to him, others said, it's him all right, but others objected. It's not the same man at all. It just looks like him. But he said, it's me, the very one. And they said, how did your eyes, how did your eyes get opened? Well, a man named Jesus made a paste and rubbed it, it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. I did what he said. When I washed, I saw. So where is he? I don't know. That's an amazing encounter, an amazing story. And I wonder, I wonder if, if, if any of you, like me, know of a blind person. Does anybody know of a blind person? Yep. Blind, so my, my friend uh, was blinded from birth. Here's the amazing thing about him, and I hope we share this commonality. But this person has been blinded from birth. He is amazingly talented. Now, if you can think about Fiji's answer to Stevie Wonder. Okay. <laughs> this guy was a drummer. Okay. So blind, fully blind. He, was, he taught me how to play the drums. At first I thought, um, blind man? Like, do you even know where the sticks are? Like, do you, do you know we... He is amazing and sings amazing, plays in session bands and all of these other things. But I just think for those that have that natural limitation, God gifts them with amazingly more talents and skills that we could even just imagine what it's like to have those. He taught me a lot of things. He taught me that just because you're blind doesn't limit you. He goes to job. To a, to a job, he has a job, and he walks all over the place. Now, as kids growing up, because he was like in his 20s, I was like eight, I used to think, oh, maybe we could play a trick on him. Maybe we could just kind of like stand right in his way, and when he would walk, you know, he would like sort of bump over us as kids, you know? And he had an amazing sonar. He would walk up, and he would just stop, and we'd be like, He's not really blind. <laughs> but he had amazing spatial awareness. Like crazy. He would go and hop on the public bus. And he would take himself all over the city. You wouldn't even tell he was blind. This is how 
confident he was. Now, this is the thing about it. We asked him later on in his life. We said to him, how do you see? He's like, because I'm blind. I said, but how do you walk all over the place? And this is what he says. You just have to be consistent. You just have to be consistent. He was blind, all right. But he did everything that he did, that he needed to do consistently. He didn't let natural blindness hold him back from living his life. He just kept moving forward. Now, there are many other reasons why people are blind, are blinded. Could be old age. And the scriptures definitely, these, these stories about curses. Talks about encountering God. Paul, Saul, encountering God. Getting blinded. Could be due to demonic activity. Stuff that the enemy's trying to do to blind you. We can be blinded because we, we're not accepting of the assignment that God is giving us. And so there's temporary blindness, but we cannot see where we're going. So there's a sense of confusion. In, Jer- in Jericho, when Joshua was commanded to lead the people across the Jordan River, and they encountered the city of Jericho. One of you can open your Bibles with me to Joshua. Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. Now, you want to see a story of people walking blindly, not knowing why they're doing what they're doing. This is one of those. Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its kings and its fighting men. March around the city once with all of your armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, horns in front of, of, of rams' horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast of the trumpets, have all the whole army give out a shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. This is a phenomenal story because the remaining verses just repeats and, and they do exactly what, what God had commanded Joshua. You know, it would be amazing within this whole story how you'd get all sorts of, I mean, there's millions of people, right? Can you imagine different personalities who need to know why, who like, I can't, I, I don't know. Well, Joshua said to do it, so just do it. Like those people who will just keep asking questions. And you can imagine grumbling and you can imagine children who were saying, but dad, why? Why do we have to march around? Because Joshua said, because God said that we should do this. And can you imagine like a people that God has just, taken across the Jordan River, just seeing God save them, now again have their blindfolds on and they don't see how God is going to bring down the walls of Jericho. I did some study 
And it's interesting what archaeologists are finding now is that in the story of the walls of Jericho, is that it's a fortified city with two sets of walls. What had happened was when the trumpets blew and the walls came falling down, the higher wall fell in such a way that it created a ramp for the children of Israel. I mean, you note there in, in verse 5 where it says, and everyone would go straight in. That's literally what happened. The walls came down that created a ramp for them that they could just walk straight into what God had promised them. But the wall's too high. We can't see where we're going. Keep being consistent. Do what I've commanded you to do, and I will deliver you. There are three Ds, the letter D, that we need to watch out for when it comes to when we don't see where we're going. We've got to watch out for distractions. These get sent our way, and, you know, if you're a visual person, distractions happen all the time. You could be praying, dear God, I thank you for, oh, look at that. There's an A380 flying in. You know, distractions are, are stuff that the enemy can use just to get your attention away from God. Secondly, discouragements. Be careful of words that have been spoken over you. Be careful of what you take in that will discourage you. The third D, be careful of disappointments. Be careful of how you deal with disappointments. I love it in Hebrews chapter 11. This is what it says in, in verse 39 to 40 in the message. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith, not complete apart from ours. So we talk about Moses and we talk about Noah. Like imagine it's incomplete. Together with our faith, we get to walk into the promise of what God has for us. We get to join with them in seeing how we're going to reach the city. So what are we believing for? What are you imagining God to do for you? Sometimes we come with our preconceived ideas on how God should answer. We have to pray. We have to pray. And, and prayer that shifts the atmosphere. Prayer that actually gets to the heart of God and, and changes things. We need to exercise prophecy. Prophetic words where you see in the spirit and you speak forth. I was watching just in the last, um, they've had Planet Shakers Conference in the last week, this last week, and, and their first speaker talked about just the different levels of, of prayer as a disciple of Jesus, the different levels of maturity when it comes to the power of prayer. You know, where 
And the first level is just, you're just praying. You're praying because your, ba- you, your prayer is based on your need. Then the second level he talked about was the prophetic word, where you see it in the spirit, even though it may not be in front of you. So you're praying in a prophetic way. And then the third level he talked about was decreeing. So a person that decrees is a person who understands their place in God, knows who they are in Him, knows what the Word of God says about the situation, and speaks at the situation. I wonder where you are at right now. I mean, it's only a marker, but it determines how you pray. It determines how you declare authority on the situation that you're facing. It it declares, uh, it it tells you when when there's threat that comes in front of you, how you will deal with it. Decreeing. I decree in the name of Jesus for there to be a shift in the atmosphere. You see, We all know this, but we don't know it. (laughs) That the price has already been paid. And sometimes we live our lives as if it hasn't been done. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. This is what the Lord says See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. They haven't even done anything, they haven't even marched yet. But God is saying, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. We have to have consistency in the basics. The wall will collapse because Jesus has said, God has said, see. The wall will only become like a ramp if you keep doing the basics well. Sometimes we try and desire for the greater things of God, but we can't even do the basic well. So tonight, I want this to be a a level ground, a a place where God could just come and do a work. We're going to fill this house with worship. We're going to fill this house with love and adoration for God and a real desire to see Him move. And like this morning, we just want to get out of the way. I want to get out of the way in order that God would do a work. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.